0: talking about is that, how is it that a person can find himself in Torah? The way that we relate to Torah is like a thief. It means that we look at our lives and then we look at Torah and we, we see a devotion to Torah as stealing our lives away from us. It's almost as if that we have our lives, we have our goals, we have our, our directions. And then Torah comes along and imposes upon us all these other directives which frustrate us from, reali- frustrate us from realizing what we want to do. I want you to do what I want you to do on a night The Torah says, ah, ah, you should be learning <laughs> So they feel so, impo- they feel so oppressive I have to be learning, but I want to go out, I want to go out and party and, and, and then the Torah says, I want you I want. I want you just, I want, I want to have a mincha, it's another day, I want you to go eat lunch So you have to have a mincha, so, so he's stealing my lunch The Torah is coming and encroaching on my life, stealing more and more And we look at the Torah that way So of course we want to avoid it And we want to limit the amount that it takes away from us and as a result, we develop an attitude of compromise when we relate to the Torah. It's almost as if we shy away from overcommitment in the Torah because we're so afraid if we were to give ourselves over completely, we'd lose ourselves. We'd lose our lives. So of course what we have to do is we have to be involved in this constant conflict that you give it a little but you take it a little. And you give it a little and take it a little. And we live essentially highly unsatisfied lives because we haven't given ourselves, we haven't committed fully. We haven't committed fully, we haven't actually stepped over, we haven't broken the threshold. Breaking the threshold means, and this is a mistaken notion, people think that giving up for Torah is the end point. Giving up for Torah is the beginning point. Until you need to give up your life for it, you haven't yet begun. Because when you give up your life for it, it means that the Torah and your life are synonymous. You only give up your life. You don't give up your life because of guilt. You give up your life because of passion. Which means as follows. If someone comes to me and they say, I'll give you, I don't know if we said this previously, but it's good to rate it. If someone came to you today and they said to you, I've just found out, I've done a little bit of research into your lineage, and I found out that your mother's mother, mother's mother, was not Jewish. If at that point in time, and you're standing in this room now, and I give you that information, and you'd have one of two responses, your one response could be, You're joking, she's not Jewish.
1: And you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, and
0: and you take of your, good
2: show, good show.
0: And you take of your, you (laughs) take of your skull cap, and you thrust it into the distant future, and you say, I'm free, I'm free. And you head off to the first non-Kosher restaurant, and gorge yourself in a feast of basle b'cholav mitah, mitah okay. pork rind sprayed over lobster <laughs> eggs and uh, <laughs> uh, if you do that, if you do that, if you do that so then you haven't bought it to toe if your brain them means that to you, then in other words if someone would come to you today and say to you you're free, you don't have to keep a single mitzvah don't worry, you don't have to do it and you're okay and the way you'd relate to that is what a, you make a Yom tib. your mum would sponsor the Kiddish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't
0: go, you wouldn't go to the Kiddish, but you'd sponsor it, you'd sponsor the Kiddish. So if that's true, so, then, so then, then you haven't entered into Torah yet. Torah has to be kept, that if someone said to me, listen, you don't have to keep it, I'd say to you, not a chance, I ain't leaving this for anything. But, but you don't have to, you're not required to. I don't care if I'm not required to. This is me, this is my life. If you wrest this from my grips, you've taken me away. I can't give up on this. Someone said to me, do you know what? You don't have to wear tits." So you think to yourself, phew, what a relief. It's boiling hot and I can get rid of these things. And you know what I'm saying? It's like such a tirche anyway. And who needs to wear them? You know, like Especially when you want to wear them like they're kosher tzitzis. They're not made out of holy material.
2: They're so light and hairy. <laughs> they're they're really good for working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're amazing. They're not hot in the slightest
0: bit. Yeah, you can, you can wait since without putting any in of yourself into it. <coughs> Let's find the ways you can keep the mitzvahs and keep your life exactly where it was before. How wonderful. Oh, great. Oh,
2: come on.
0: So, what person has, the, the, the starting point, the starting point of Yiddish is what people think the end point is. The starting point is 100% unequivocal devotion to the nth degree until you've reached that level you haven't yet begun you have not begun it's mysterious nefesh because until that point in time so Yiddish kite isn't the reflection of myself it's an overlay on top of myself I've got my life I've got my aspirations I've got one to do and there's also Torah and that Torah comes and plays a part so now what's Pshatina? where does it come from? where does it come from? so the ultimate of explains that the only way a person can have the clarity of mind and the power of decision to enter into the world of Torah is when he's not in the process of being seduced by the pleasures and the seductions of this world, and by the pleasures and the seductions of this world, we don't necessarily mean a person is living a hedonistic lifestyle. The pleasures of this world are extremely subtle, and even the mildest entrance into indulging in the physical world can ultimately lead to a person's being sucked in completely. The altar says, as as we've said many times before, that when the Jews said, they redefined the essence of the Jewish self. Jews said, we will do and then we'll care what we have to do. Meaning, our essential nature is only there to fulfill the Rats and Hashem. And every decision we make is not, should I keep the Torah, shouldn't I keep the Torah, does Aloha apply doesn't Aloha apply Rather, the way we enter into this, right, what my goal in this particular area is, is to fulfill the desire of the Rabbeinu Shalom, of the Creator. How do I do it? The only question we ever ask ourselves in life is how, not what. The question is what is already defined. What? The rat's and Hashem. But how? How do you do that? In my given situation, I do it. If the question is what, so then you're not inside Torah. Then you never said say." You never said naisi. You said nishma, naisi. Let's see what you have to say, your brain shalom. And then I'll weigh it up. Listen, Tati, I have to tell you, you may be the creator of the world. You may be the most omniscient being. But buddy, you know, I've got my life. <laughs> Don't you interfere too much. Yes,
2: The thing is, with how it's such a wide um, approach to it, and and you're highlighting, uh, you've been highlighting a lot of contradicting approaches, like when you have the Kirub Rabbi who says, listen, just just come in for a short service, and you know, it's okay if you drive here, whatever you do on Shabbat, but just just come get in line, then you have someone else screaming at you for driving to Shabbat. And it's all about, okay, I'll go and do it, but how do we approach it? So how do we, how do, we
0: how do we? So do let's now, go, now they approach it. So we all agree to one thing. We all agree, I think, that's it's pretty unanimous, that beginning Torah 101 is complete and total subjugation to the will of the Creator. And anything less than that, if there's any area of my life where I say, leave this little section of my life for me, Tati, I don't want you in here, the minute the person does that, he's n- not in Torah Bechelal. Like the Rebellion says, as we've said previously, and it was perhaps m- taken wrongly, but the Rebbeinu Yunus says, if a person doesn't keep a single mitzvah, even if he keeps 612, he doesn't keep one mitzvah, he hasn't kept anything. And we explained it with an analogy of a person who's given a job to do. And he says to his boss, you've given me 10 things to do, I'll do 9 of them. And the 10 thing I refuse to do. So that means he doesn't recognize in the slightest bit the authority of the person above him. Because even though he does nine things, it's because he's chosen to do them. So the source of his decision is not, co- not coming from a higher source. It's coming from his own decision-making process. The minute a person places things on his own decision-making process, he's denying the authority of the Torah that the Torah ter- has above him. Correct? Yes. So therefore, unless a person commits 100%, he hasn't committed at all
2: clarification for that yes. is there is there a difference between I'll do nine things instead of 10 or I'll do 10 things but as of right now I can only do nine and I eventually do want to get to
0: So then there's then there's there's a the, of course there's a, there's a there's a clause if a person says I'm going to do all 10 things right now I can't go and fetch the milk from the shop because someone tied my hands behind my back so therefore the fact that you can't fetch the milk doesn't reflect on yourself and your desire it's just that you're incapable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, what happens with by the Shuvah is they use this excuse to stop themselves from advancing in Judaism on a regular basis. They say, I'm not ready to give it up yet. Of course I want to give it up. I'm not just not ready. And they take their pace so slowly that they never make that ultimate transformation of self and ultimately they're always on the outskirts courting Judaism but they haven't really fully invested and as a result they start to fabricate perceptions of the world which are absolutely connected to their own specific viewpoint and way in the world. You get the, the, the Baal-Tshuva homeopathist that suddenly finds reason that the Torah advocates homeopathy even though it's uh, natural medicine even though in Australia it's it's been
1: uh,
0: Oh, homeopath Homeopath, sorry. Homeopathy, Homeopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. A homeopath practice homeopathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a hard word. Yeah. So, in Australia they've actually taken yeah. it off. You can't get, you can't get medical aid for going to homeopathy because it's looked upon as a
1: Pseudoscience.
0: As, no, as rubbish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning they're into pseudosciences. <laughs> but this is like, the fact that you give less of the antidote doesn't necessarily make it stronger, mm-hmm. which is the whole principle of homeopathy. The, s- the weak it is, the strong it is. So they don't like that spirit so much. <laughs> because. Uh, but if a person is a baal all of a sudden he comes with to and the ram says it, and the ram In other words, based on a person's natural predisposition, he creates a Torah that fits him. Creates a Torah that fits him. The minute you respond to a single error in the Torah and you say, one second, that's too much for me, you, you, d- you now reveal that you're not in Torah at all. Because your dance has to be subject to the dance of Torah. There was a Matan Torah, on that the Creator of the world who knows Immeasurably more than you decided this way to live. If you can't accept that, well, that's fine. But you ain't a Jew in practice.
1: What? Okay. The, the, the one thing is that, like, it's kind of like what's with the two extremes, because in the same time, like, it, like it says that, like Hashem, like, when He's weighing upon you and He's judging you, every little thing that you do still counts for something.
0: Absolutely. And every little thing you don't, do also does, right? Sure. Just like Hashem, Hashem takes takes. You know the story of the gone, The Goan goes into an inn and there's a man there who, who's, who has his meal. Doesn't wash, has tray, doesn't bench. It's about, he's, going, uh, he's about to leave the table. The, the Goan says to him, You didn't wash my Achreinim. Was <laughs> 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 he said, yeah, Rebbe, tell me, I didn't ma- I, I'm eating tray. I didn't say I'm moitzi. My that's what I'm worried about? He says, Why? You're going to have to gin, give Dinner the Cheshmer why you didn't wash my Achreinim as well. Don't think bigger values make little values forgotten.
1: It's the same thing with like a, like I was reading and it says like your Yay Hora does that to you is that like it's like oh I've done that very ten times but like what's one more time I'm gonna do? You know, but you've done it ten times. But yeah but like and if you do practice then like actually you start off on a clean slate and then that one time is like doing it the ten times again kind of thing. So but but like so I'm saying that like also like doesn't it say that Hashem like wants he wants you so much to like weigh your merits, to weigh them more high. So like you know, he he doesn't want you to like do sins, he doesn't want to like judge the shit the now he just wants to judge the merit. So
0: doesn't that also? Of course. I mean, the only reason the Creator put into the world system of din is because of Rachamim. Hashem wants this. He wants us to have the best. And He says, "You've got so much potential." But you know, when you see anyone that has excellence in life, it's always extreme. There's no co- There's no concept of excellence without extremism. Take any person that's risen to the top <laughs> of his given field an athlete. An athlete said, listen, you know, I want to get a gold medal, but I'm going to chill out about it. I'm going to train three days a week. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to burn out. Will you become a gold medalist? Not a chance. The yes. person wants to become a CEO of a company. He says, sure, but, you know, I'm not going to put in the extra hours. I'm just going to take it slowly. Will you become a CEO? Not a chance. If you want to get excellent, you've got to give it all you've got. If you don't give it all you've got, you'll be mediocre. And the toy requires excellence from us. But what happens? In the rest of life we say, no, nah, I'm okay. Let's not overdo it. Let's chill out, man. I understand. We have to know that the Rebbein Shalom will take us to <coughs> the and it's a scary thing. It's petrifying. That he's going to say, well, why do you know Shas? What do you think he's going to say? Oh, you know, our vision, this is like our vision of, of Olam Abba and, and the Rebbein vision. Our vision of Olam Abba, you come to Olam Abba and Hashem says, well done. I really think it's a special that you spent an hour a day learning art scroll. What a good boy. Well, good boy. Um, one second. I don't think there's a place high enough in Gun Aden to put you. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, that, that's our fantasized, that's our fantasized st- story of Olam Abba. The real story of Olam Abba. The brain says, okay, so I understand. It's, it's actually, it's uh, the Chaim uh, Bilajna brings it down in Nefer Shachaim. So he says, the brain of says, no, did you learn Chumash? Did you learn, did you learn Mishnah? Did you learn Gomorrah? So once he's gone through, you know, Chumash, Commissioner Gomorrah, and he's gone through Shatsan scheme, then he says, beseda. so you think, okay, now the, now the, now the kind of the interrogation is over. So one second, no, 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 let's go to Kabbalah now. Tell me, how does Mamekava look?
1: So, so what if a person does do that, but doesn't, okay, let me... Say it the way but you say. said. Okay, let's say that... Um, he's like a, a, like a good Jew, a Torah observant Jew, and he makes time, I don't know, an hour a day to learn this stuff. And by the time he's like 70, 80 years old, he, he's learned the whole of Shas, he's learned the Tanakh, and he's done Kabbalah, and he's made um, adequate, like, not, not necessarily saying like extremist time. Like, so then I'll, well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tam you, tam I'll tam tell tam you one added. thing
0: about him. Yeah. He wasn't learning an hour a day.
1: <laughs> Why? Well,
0: because he's not Shaykh.
1: You're saying it doesn't fit with it. If you were learning an hour... Like day, take take a guy, by, and the by, the seven, by
0: the time he's 70, he's going to become a master athlete when he puts in 50 minutes of training every second day. It doesn't work. Getting fit is a lot easier to do than an Toro And we all know that you can't get fit in 50 minutes three times a week. You can't run a marathon. And tour is like running, it's like running the comrades 30 times over. Uh, John, that's that's do you know how, do, you know, do, you know, do you know, that's how I distorted our mind, our mind was so distorted that we're very happy we're, uh, You know the story about the Alter Nevadic meets Rebisrael So Alter Nevadic, he's, he's doing business in Memel and he meets Rebisrael and this is how the story is told So Rebisrael so, says to him, Nunu, what, what, what do you do? So the altar says, I've got enough to run so, Bissau so fixes a step on him and he says you have what to live with. You have to Do you have what to die with?
1: Die with?
0: Die with. When you die, you can't take your career
1: with you. Yeah, you take what? You take, you take your career.
0: So, you die and that's your eternity. So now, you can take with you, th- so now you just figure it out. You can take, you can take a great career you can do a great career and let's, let's way up in terms of your life how many years you're putting in one how many years you're putting in the other so let's say you know that a person lives till eighty and he puts fifty years into a career even forty years and he puts ten years into Torah okay so he takes ten years of his life with him to Ulam Abba what a chaval and he could have taken eighty years he goes away with ten what a chaval
2: yeah Excuse me, you're being a little bit attacking right now but you are highlighting what the or Hara does and the fact that you're you're I know you're presenting a point right now but you're you're beyond belittling the the attempt to go into here to go into Judaism and you're doing that by saying and the reason I say that you're you're really highlighting the Yetzir Hara is by you know someone says someone has a a, a, a small house and says this is what I could do, this is what I tried, but I'm happy with what I have. And you're saying, but you could have had more. You could have had this, you could have had that, you could have had this. And you say, hey, but I came from literally nothing. Like a bald shuva who says, there's something about I know there's something true in here, but I'm going to fit in what I can and, you, and you, you, we have to highlight the the, the the human aspect of ourselves.
0: The yeah. human aspect is based on a the, on the, on the basic misconception. If someone came it to it you... no, you
2: are misconception? No, you're, you're bringing... W- w- we have 20, 18, 20, 22, 25 years, 30 years Kay. of...
0: Spot, let me ask you no. yes. a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite musician?
1: That's a hard question.
2: There, there's many. I know... Okay. Just choose,
0: p- pick one of your favorite okay. musicians. Uh,
2: Jimmy Page from Led Jimmy Zeppelin.
0: Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Okay. Now, you get a phone call. You get an email. Hi, Mike. Uh, I visited your website, Mr. Spaz. I think you've got an amazing talent. I would like you to come and, and work with me for the next two years as a stagehand and apprentice. Um, please be in touch with me, Jimmy Page. Right. Uh, okay? Now, if, so you'd say to you, so now, I can tell you what wouldn't go through your mind. Who what wouldn't go through your mind. What wouldn't go through your mind is, listen, I don't know, maybe two years is too much for me. I don't know if I can handle it. Look, I'm in the middle of this. You'd say, what? I've been given an opportunity? Are you crazy? I'm with heaven and earth to do that. Because this is so precious to me that I'm willing to give up my life for it. Because I realize that when I get that, I'm getting something more precious than everything else I've given up. So you're 100% right. If I think Torre is not as good as Jimmy Page, so then I have to go slowly, because at the end of the day, what am I getting? I'm losing out much more than I'm getting. And that's how I began the year, that we look at Torre as a thief. He's stealing our life from us. If you look at Torre as giving our life to us, so there's no, no limit what you wouldn't give if, up.
2: If, if we saw it as a thief, we wouldn't be here in the first place.
0: It's not true, because you see it as a thief. A thief, the thief's got you by the throat. You have to. You no.
2: Have to. I mean, we see it as, 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 a, as a beautiful... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to. T- I don't want to talk for everyone else, but I, I see hey, it for me. It I hey. see. I see it for me as as the most beautiful and most highlighting thing I've ever experienced in my life, and the hardest thing I've ever experienced. So yes, I could be an apprentice and, and a stagehand for for Jimmy Page, and that would be amazing. But nothing is as difficult as saying what you're doing is wrong, and what you're doing is not enough, and. If you don't commit 100,000%, and by committing, by actually acting 100,000%, then there's no point in even trying.
0: Okay, let me ask you a reason. Let's go back to Jimmy Page. Baruch so, Hashem, you took the opportunity, and you're out there with Jimmy. And Jimmy comes up to you one day, and he says, Listen, Mike, I don't think this is going to work out. You say, Why not, Jim? First name terms. <laughs> Mr. Page went after the first two weeks. Um, so you say, you say, Luke, Mike, I just, I just, I just don't think you've got what it's got, you, you've got what it takes. You say, what do you mean? You say, well, look, you know, I start, I start, I start, you know, I start rehearsing at like six o'clock in the morning and you only wake for, wake up for breakfast at eight o'clock. So you say, listen, Jim, the truth is it's, it's, it's I, I really appreciate the opportunity, but like I want to do too much too soon. So he says, okay, that's great. That's great. But you can't, then I'm going to find someone else.
1: But we just said
0: Hashem's not, <laughs> not like that. Who's weep, our face? <laughs> <laughs> you said
1: Hashem weighs up our merits and everything that we're doing is, co- is contributing towards something. So Hashem's not going to say to us, oh, can you not do I'm that? <coughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to change
0: the, the perception over here. Our perception of Torah is it's taking away our life from us, so therefore we try to give the minimum. If we think the is giving our life so from we try to do to the maximum. That's all okay. I'm trying to point. Okay. And our entire attitude and, and the way we relate to Yishkai is such. So we always try Ooh. to...
2: You're bringing it. the thing is, there's contradicting ways of how. I believe in Yudhisthva And you said, the question is, how are we going to do it? Uh. So there's contradicting how. So how do we weigh those things? Because when we first got into Yiddishkeit, when we first were pulled in, it was like so pleasant. And, and, and then the wall faded away. the faded And you and that's why I, like, I see, what you're and doing. You realize all oh, the walls are
1: all crackling. Rabbi, I see what you're doing. And then fire <laughs> these, these smoke detectors with no actual smoke detectors in them.
2: Rabbi, I see what you're <laughs> doing. And your food's not bad. Listen, hold For, on. very bad, I forgot. I lying, so I'm sorry hold out. on. <laughs> I see what you're doing and, and it's great because this is what our religion's really all about. So what's some, what's someone supposed to do when he has contradicting rabbis saying this and that and like and you bring in one person who's an extreme view and other p- religious and other people who <laughs> hold that this person's big, but hey, he's extreme, so how are we supposed to balance okay, that so out? So let me let
0: me point out what's going on. A little I bit what perhaps. What Let's this point out what's going on. What's what's confusing as follows There are two parts of ourselves. There's the part of ourself which responds to the physical, <coughs> and there's a part of ourself which responds to the spiritual. The part of ourself which responds to the physical needs no training, it's our default setting, and we don't have to work on desiring food. We don't have to work on lusting after eyes. We don't have to work on searching for honor. We don't have to work on arrogance. Those things come very naturally. Right. If not to all of you, certainly to me. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an old hand at all of them. Now, What the point of Torah is, is to (coughs) lift you up from that. Growing in any space, in any time, is painful. Growing is painful because what you have to do is, you have to take what you were and become something else. And that process is a painful process. It's enormously enormously rewarding, it's satisfying, but it's painful. No one says that training in the army is easy. But you can't, you can't succeed if you don't train hard. And that, must, that can mean, I was, I was coming to Yeshiva the other day, and I saw this march. And they, all, they, they had to block over the road. And you just see these soldiers, I don't know how long they've been marching for, but it looked like they were finished. They were like, just, I suppose they, they marched to the Kotel. They must have been marching for two or three okay, days. do they
2: have chill time at night? When they finally finish their thing, do they have like a couple of hours to just sit? Well, to sleep? just Okay, but they st- what I'm saying is they have their downtime. So no, does. not Not really. It's My not friend's in the army, he gets maybe an hour at night and like, that's when he like, calls sometimes to say hey. But that's pretty much it. They have like 10 minutes to shower, get ready, be in bed, they and they turn the lights time. off. Yeah.
0: There's no time. There's no time. When you're, when you're in the army, now the, the way the Ramchal describes being part of, part of the army of Hashem means you're in the army. He says the way you're in the, in the army, and he's in the army in a time of war. You don't sit down and say, okay, let's have a meal. You eat on the run, you just, you have to be doing stuff, you have to, your whole life is. just... Okay, so I'll tell you where the problem lies, yes? The problem lies as follows, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is you already, I'm pretty sure that everyone who's straight thinking in the share has to agree to what we say, because it's simply stating the facts. But nevertheless, on an experiential level, I don't think anyone's going to walk out the share and give over to total commitment. And what, why, where's the problem lies? So the problem lies is is that, you can hear what I'm saying intellectually, but since Jimmy Page is tangible, and Rebchaim Soloveitchik is not, so therefore you'll go for Jimmy above Rebchaim. So, in in other words, one speaks to you in cash and one's offering you credit. (laughs) And the problem is, the problem is that it doesn't, it doesn't, since it doesn't speak to my experience, and since giving over my life, is an experiential requirement I have to deal in like currency so I can only really fully devote myself to the service of Hashem when I feel paid back on the spot which means that I have to be able to get nourished by the mitzvahs if I do the mitzvahs and they are far away from me and dry and drab and I do everything else in my life and it's appealing so even though I know I should give myself up it ain't going to make any difference you following me in order to make the mitzvahs live with excitement, a person has to go through a withdrawal symptoms. Because the nature of things are that unless you hone, fine-tune certain tools, you can't, you can't use them. For example, a person who has a diet high in sugar, he cannot ta- taste the subtle taste in food, because his taste buds are overloaded. If a person goes off sugar, he'll suddenly find that there's a wide range of taste that he hasn't experienced before. But he has to get rid of the sugar same thing with music if a person's used to listening to techno rock and the like he can't hear classical music he can't he can't hear the, he can't hear the sounds he has he has, to, he has to wean himself off that type of thing and appreciate that there's a more subtle thing and it's true of everything in life spiritual kashmak spiritual pleasure is a very refined pleasure and if you if you if you overdosing yourself on physical pleasure you can't experience it so the overdose in the physical pleasure actually deprives us from experiencing the spiritual pleasure which in turn would motivate us to give up to get. But I can tell you that after working on it, I can start to, when I put on my titties and think, instead of thinking, it's jolly hot and I'm going to sweat. I can think, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a way, what a way to go. This is better than the best elven armor that could ever be crafted by the master elves. Le Marshall. It's, it's, it's imagine having a, an, a garment, an item of clothing that was divinely designed. I mean, you think Christian Dior is good. What about God? He's designed <laughs> like. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine <laughs> that. You're walking in the street and they say, Gosh, what is that? So you say, What do you mean? They said, Where did you buy that? Who, who, who designed that garment? You said, The Creator. That's quite impressive. I mean, they are very <laughs> few. <laughs> There's <laughs> some I'm very impressive labels, but you know what I'm saying? I, I must be honest, I reckon, you know, these fringes beat beat this horseman galloping across your shirt. You think, like, like, that's a status symbol? You think, like, it's a status symbol? To <laughs> because. <laughs> moose don't nothing. You think that's the status symbol? Imagine what the status symbol is, that your dress design is the creator himself and you can like wear that badge. <laughs> so when you start to experience that, someone can come and they put gun to your head and they say, give up. You won't let go of it. You want to let go of it. I've told you the story about the, the middle school of Lubavitch, I'm sure I've told you the story. I'll tell it to you again. He was in prison. He's was in prison. And he has the footsteps of the jailer coming towards him. The keys... I think it was the Rashad. The keys... the middle... middle uh, stairway. I think... I think any person who is well-versed in Chalag like, will correct me if I'm wrong. And he hears, the, he, hears the, he hears the footsteps of the jailer with his keys clanking against his thigh, coming towards him. And he gets to the door of the cell, he puts in his key, he turns it, and opens the door of the cell and his right hand is holding a bowl, uh, a crude metal bowl filled with gruel. The rabbi has no idea what this is. It could be trafe, It could be pizza for all he knows. So the person takes this bowl and he thrusts it in front of his face and he says, Do you eat? And the rabbi looks back at him with absolute tranquility in his eyes and he says, I'm sorry, I can't eat the food, it's not kosher. He's dealing with this, this crude guard. The guard says, eat the food! He tames his car and he says, I can't eat the food, it's not kosher. The guard starts to go red, his eyes start to bow. Out. He takes his pistol from the holster And he cocks it it, and he places the cold cold barrel of the gun against the temple of the Rebbe and he says, if you don't eat the food, I'm going to pull this trigger and blow your brains out. And the Rebbe looks at him with absolute serenity and he says, A gun is only frightening for a person that has many masters and one world. I have one master and two worlds. Guns don't scare me. Pull the trigger if you. Obviously it didn't, because we have the story. Well <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> we <laughs> <But laughs> did and the
2: gun
0: got jumped. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Choose your own ending. The point is, yeah, the what point... What you're supposed to take from that is that a person that lives in the world above mm. our pathetic, lowly nature feels... Uh, I'll give you another example. It says in the beginning of Bereshi's Began. HaShem took Odom and He put him in the Garden of Eden. It says in last week's parasha, In both instances Rashi points out that this taking wasn't literal. HaShem didn't pick up Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden, Kurech didn't, didn't take anyone. So Rashi says, what does it mean? He says, He spoke to him and persuaded him to enter. And Kurech spoke to the tribe of Reuven and persuaded them to enter with him. I don't understand. It says take. Why does it describe speaking? So the Maharal Gur Arya comments on Ash and he says, because since the essence of a person is his mind, his das, you can't, you can physically take the person's body and put it somewhere else, but you can never touch the person. You can't physically move the person. The only way you can move the person is if you enter into the discussion and he agrees to your viewpoint and he comes along with you mentally, now you've taken him. So the only way we can move is with our minds. It's the only way we can move. And all we have is our minds. And the person that doesn't live in that place, and the person that lives in his body, he's a Nebach. He's a Nebach. The person that lives in his low self is a Nebach.
2: Right, but you're highlighting one or the other, so we're here now?
0: You're here now, so you but have to realize... you're
2: saying if we're not completely doing every single thing that the Torah states, then there's no point in even trying?
0: I never said there's no point in even trying. But
2: it's as if we haven't done anything.
0: I said if a person makes a philosophical decision, that he's going to go the way of compromise, so then he's lost the plot completely. If a person philosophically says, I'm going to give my life over 100% to Torah, 100%. I realize if I be learning a night sailor till 12.30, it will drive me crazy, so I need to stop at 11.30. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Because if you do it beyond that, so you'll become incapable of keeping the rest. That's called your hands are tied behind your back.
1: Just demotivating. That's what Spice is trying to say in no, a way. It's like, even though we understand what you're saying, you know, it's just hard because it's like, we're here and you're saying, like, you have to be there. I think and it's the, like, you know, there's not, the, it's like the middle steps are just being cut out and saying, if you're not there, then. I understand you're not why you're saying
0: it. it's demotivating, but the truth is, you can switch it. It can be the most motivating thing in the world. Because what's demotivating for me is living a life of mediocrity. That's really demotivating. If someone said to me, listen, buddy, I want to be honest with you. You're of average intelligence. You don't really have that much to offer. For the rest of your life, you'll be a paid clerk. So that would be depressing to me. Someone came up to me and said, you know what? You can be a gold medalist, but it's going to take brutal training. For me, that's inspiring even though there's a brutal, brutal training in the way. But I'm inspired by that. But if look, I say to present, you... But
1: I'm saying that's all about the presentation. So I'm presenting to
0: you, Rania, I'm presenting to you. you have the opportunity to rise to the level where, you <coughs> know like this Sadiqin, like Reb Moshe Feinstein? You know that he was once in the car and they slammed the door on his finger and the driver rode off in ten minutes he went out, and the opening they saw that his finger had been caught and he didn't even make a sound, because he realised that the person that closed the door on his finger would have felt so terrible, he kept completely silent and he mm-hmm. dealt with that pain. Do you, you can be that. But
1: that's, a much, I'm saying like that's the way that it should be presented I'm to I'm presenting us. it to you now. You have but to now, wean then. the person
0: off first, because otherwise I present to you and you think, OK, but that's not for me. That is for you and that's what you want. Do you want to you know, do you want to be like Rabbi Akiva e, or like the Aya? Arya? that when they called him up for the aliyah to the Torah on the way up, he had a in his mind. As he was getting up, he did chazadim a You can get there, you can get there, you can get there, you can be straight up from Korotor Akulah. Unfortunately we're running out of time, way, so we're going to have to stop and continue tomorrow.